Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about throwing shade on the shoulders of the giants you're standing on. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be talking about what makes a good move and starting the fourth generation of PBTA. So here's how can we here's how we can start. Um, we've talked about wanting to do some more like uh, checking in with the community and talking about what's going on in the Discord and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to specifically call out this time was um, a friend of ours uh, and 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 maybe uh, top top five favorite Canadians. Uh, Jason Pitt <laughs> uh, has made this cool game design worksheet which uh, walks you through some of the basics of game design. Like it's a, it's a, I want to say six page document um, that walks you through like a series of questions about setting uh, system situations, concepts, subtext production um, of like, why does your game exist? How do you actually play asking questions about the fictional content um, what are the characters going to do? What are the real world concerns you should be taking into consideration? And then like planning for manufacturing the game. And it, it doesn't like give you those answers necessarily. Yeah. But it asks questions. And I think that that's like one of the things that like our relationship on this show is does really well is that we ask each other questions and sort of like get the brain thinking about stuff. And so... Jason Pitt is a person who also spends a lot of time thinking about game design and designing games. And, uh, and this is a pretty cool document that I, I think that would, it would be a relevant resource. That is really cool. I'm actually just looking through it right now. I missed it when it was on the discord. Mm -hmm. This is a neat little thing. It's got all sorts of little questions to help you kind of define what your game is going to be about and how to tackle potential issues and pitfalls you might have on your game journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty it's pretty it's pretty handy and it's like really nicely. Jason always does really nice layout for all of his stuff. Um I'm always just like really impressed. And so it's it's nice that it looks good as well as being like clearly helpful. I'm looking at it and it's like this is like the uh the worksheet that you get printed out. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and uh then you have your like class of game designers all writing down the answers to it. It does look exactly it it looks to me like it, it fits that exact niche of like a thing in high school you would have been given to write a, an essay or like to help yeah. you in writing an essay that in high school you would have been like, "Oh, this is so why can't I just go write?" And as an adult you're like, "Heck yes." Oh. <laughs> I totally see why this is useful. <laughs> yeah. I I could almost see like some of those like breakfast things where you get together at a convention. Yeah. And like everybody is just kind of working independently while having some coffee. Yeah. That's so that'd be gold with this. So check it out. It's on Jason's Twitter, Genesis of Legend, which is also his website and game design company. Uh, and then listen to the role playing game design panel cast, which is he records panels at game conventions if you can't be there and releases them, which is pretty cool. And I've definitely like sat in on a panel and then been like even even panels I sat in on I was like well crap I want to listen to this again <laughs> these are some smart people I think I've been on that show twice in theory but so go Jason, check out Jason's stuff it's great and check out this game design worksheet it's a thing he said he put together for himself and then was just like oh this is kind of useful I'm just gonna publish this because it's cool um yeah so so go check that out and then 
I wanted to call out there was a like between our last episode and this one, obviously there was a games closet episode that came out. And, um, and so that was a a really cool interview with Takuma Okada, um, about just so many things. Um, yeah. And I think I, I think I like, I, I I think I'm only actually like, I will confess. I think I'm only like halfway through it. It's just so good. And I keep having to like stop and being like, go back because I wasn't listening closely enough and I need to hear everything these people say and, and then listening again and then like getting distracted and having to stop and go back. And so, so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a good listen. Yeah. Takuma has a really great like design brain and just does some really cool stuff and has they just have like phenomenal ways of putting thoughts that like, I'll be trying to say something and I'll see how they've written it and to see how they've expressed it. And I go like, ah, that's, that's not only a more sophisticated way of wording what I was wanting to say, but a more sophisticated way to look at something that I wanted to express. Yeah. Uh, they really rock. And, and Taylor really rocks, and I'm just so happy that we're able to talk about Game Closet a little <laughs> bit on this channel, and I'm not going to cry this episode. Yeah. So I think we're going to try to keep uh, calling yeah. out um, the cool people and game designers that we respect as they show up on Game's Closet, which will honestly probably be all of them. So um, <laughs> so listen to Game's Closet. They're part of our network now, and, and we, we love that that's happening. So Yeah. And on that tabletop RPG hustle on YouTube, we've got it. There's a couple more people that are doing awesome stuff. Yeah, who? Uh, Tell me. Simon, who's uh, at Lucha Libris, is on Twitter, is doing some great game design stuff, making some, doing some LARP-based videos. Uh, there's one out so far. I really enjoyed it, even though I'm not a LARPist. And Ember Autumn, who is one of the creators of Shersando, is just launched her own YouTube channel. Uh, she's doing some short form videos in the same sort of way that I'm loving. And uh, she is on Twitter at Warupichi, W-A-R-U-P-E-A-C-H-I. And we'll, we'll link both of those uh, YouTube channels because they're both going to be really, really good. I'm really yeah. excited for them. Yeah, it's cool. We're seeing more people doing that uh, that YouTube thing. Yeah, maybe that's what we'll do is you'll pull from the Discord mm-hmm. because you're so good at pulling from the Discord <laughs> and I'll pull like new YouTube videos because cool. that's like Definitely. my jam. Let's do it. Let's do it. We just um, stopped hacked and rolled this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of uh, we love do a lot of design of the podcast on the podcast. And so uh, you can come join do that with us. And you can come do that with us. I'm sorry. I started reading your part of the script. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't make that, that clear that enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so cut that part of the script yeah, that I yeah. accidentally read out loud. But so speaking of the script, let's get back onto the script and talk about <laughs> the the content of the show uh, in the section labeled content, which was uh, so I forget exactly where this kind of came out of, um, because in a weird turn of events, like normally our episodes are based off of literally whatever conversation we were just having before we sat down to record. Yeah. In this case, this this conversation happened maybe a week ago. People were talking about, um, I think it came out of a conversation of like, what is PBTA? Yeah, this is actually, so uh, I have, I've in the past made tweets that I thought were going to be very controversial. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have been controversial and sometimes they haven't. And part of that is me fighting what I think is a good fight. And some of that is me just running my mouth whenever I want to. And so like, you know. Yeah. The how good those things are and how bad those things are depends on the situation. But I almost got ratioed for the first time ever on Twitter. 
yeah. for saying that that although I have said for ages that PBTA is the conversation, what I really believe is that PBTA is moves. Okay. And people oh didn't boy, like that. No, people hated it. It's oh. the most controversial thing I've ever said That's really on funny. Twitter. I don't know if it's I have hilarious. said I have said that, but I definitely believe that. And I have believed yeah. that for a while. And like it ended up with some like like long discussions <laughs> and some people that I think are very mad at me and like <laughs> people that I think definitely like read it and were like, well, Brandon's not an artist and not a game designer. <laughs> and like he has failed our philosophical litmus test. And <laughs> that's so great. It's, I it's love so that. funny. Like throughout the day I was checking it and going like, like, huh, I'm getting a lot of comments on this. A lot of people really disagreeing with me. That's interesting. I, I didn't think this would be that controversial. And then at one point, like, I was one comment away from being like having a full on ratio experience on Twitter, which is where you get more comments than <laughs> yeah. likes. I was like, oh boy, this is going to happen. This is the death of Brandon. No. Well, look, it's, it's Twitter. We live in America. People are allowed to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. It kind of just looked like I was. No, and, well, like, it's yeah. fun. I mean, but I, I didn't get ratioed, so I'm still right. And you have okay. accepted that I'm right. Yep. And so, and so, so I started talking about moves <laughs> and what was a move and like, and I wanted to, and so I wanted to extend this conversation about what a move was. And, and so I just want to talk about what some, some things are about moves and like, because clearly moves are the thing that makes something a PBTA game. And oh my so, God, James, we can't say this. I'm going to say it. Uh, no, James. And so, and so like, I want to dive into what is a move. And like, what is a move? What is not a move? And what's a, what makes a good, so I want to start by talking about what is a move and what isn't a move. Okay. And I want to move into what makes a move better than another move. Okay, cool. And I, I think that that is a really fruitful conversation and yes. I'm not going to make any comments on what does and doesn't make a PBTA game ever, ever <laughs> again. Okay. <laughs> I would I would prefer if you didn't scroll down past the, the galaxy brain pictures before we get to hmm. that section, just so you don't like... I haven't. Okay, good. Or it's going to be a surprise. Yeah, uh, that would require me reading the notes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The script. So, <laughs> the script. Yes, okay. So, so big picture. Uh, Laughter from both hosts. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to know. So, so <laughs> this is just like a very basic level. What is a move? I said to myself, certainly someone must have in one of their books written what a move is. <laughs> And probably that person is Vincent Baker in Apocalypse World, the system that this whole, the, the game that this whole system is based off of. And James, you're going to get me murdered. Like, I look, can just tell you're going to get me murdered. I love Vincent so much. No, no, I no. met him recently. No, he's I, and wonderful. I'm not, and, I, and I'm not, oh my not God, really I'm throwing die. any shade about Vincent Baker. Okay, please don't, because I'm going to die. But this is, so this is what Vincent Baker says about moves okay, in, okay. in Apocalypse World. He, uh, it says, the particular things that make the rules kick in are called moves. So okay. moves are the thing that make the rules kick in. Interesting. That's an interesting way to take that. And then it goes on and he explains, the rules for move the rule for moves is to do it, you you do it. In order for it to be a move and for the player to roll dice, the character has to do something that counts as that move. Whenever the character does something that counts as that move, it's the move and the players roll dice. So there so okay. this is where like my little bit of shade is that a lot of that description is a move is a move, and when you do the move, you do the move. And the thing that makes something a move is that when you do something 
something, you do the move. Um, and, <laughs> and so, and so really this is like, it's kind of a, none of the books that I've found really had a solid section that said, this is what a move is. They all said, here is a thing that is integral to doing the actions and, and, and they are called moves. And then here's how you use them. And they dove straight into like the, how you use them and brushed past like a clean description of what a move is. Um, Monster Hearts, I looked at, was the other game I looked at, because it was a little bit of a newer game, um, uh, said, uh, moves cover situations where the game rules step in to help you determine what happens. And each move is triggered when a particular situation happens in the game. You look at what the move says, uh, look at when the move says it happens, and follow the instructions for when you do it. I see you have masks open. What's his mask I have masks open, of course. What? What does Brendan Conway in masks say about moves? Yeah. I, cause I, I'm bringing this up just because I had like, I had conversations upon conversation yeah. with Brendan about this section in Passion. And I probably even have the Passion text somewhere. I do. It's written. I promise. If you're listening to this, I promise it's written. I promise it's written. Uh, the most important thing to keep in mind about moves is this to do it, you do it, which is that yeah. same kind of sentiment. And here's where I think. Uh, Brendan and I think a couple of other of the Magpie games have this kind of like laid out in this way that it looks at the the shape of a move to tell you what a move is. Uh-huh. So every move has both a mechanical element, rolling the dice and charting the result as a full hit, partial hit, or miss, and then determining what happens based on the move, and a fictional element, you charge forward and punch someone or you say something mean and provocative or what have you. You can't get one without the other. To do it, you do it. Which is admittedly the same thing. Yes. <laughs> um, but just like, I think that spelling out, spelling out like the, that there are these two elements of a move is potentially a useful piece to it. At least in my mind. I feel like moves have those two fictional versus mechanical elements. And I'm sorry about the, the asthma of me flipping through this book. I actually just found another section in here. Mm-hmm. Um, that is actually the first time that moves are described. Um, framing scenes start the conversation in an interesting place, like knocking an arrow on the bow and aiming it at a target. But the moves carry the arrow to the target. Uh, ba ba ba. That's each a good move way to think is a yeah. Each move is a small set of rules that help resolve conflicts, answer questions in the fiction, and push the story forward. Moves are like the programming language of the game. When you do X, then Y, shaping and defining the fiction when your character takes action. That is a that is the description of what a move is that I spent looking spent like twenty minutes looking for through a bunch of different games, and I was pretty confident that I knew masks well enough that I thought it wasn't <laughs> there. And look at all this egg on my face. <laughs> Magpie games, my dear friends. <laughs> they that's actually I think maybe the thing that made me like really fall in love with magpie games is that their way of thinking about games is very like these are the mechanical pieces of things that make a game and that's exactly how i want to approach it as well so so here so like okay so um 
this is the section of the of the podcast where I'm gonna throw a little more shade on Vincent Baker, um, James, not too please. seriously. So, okay, so I want to dig into this because I I think this is not necessarily just straight up shade. This is a good digging into this question. So, Apocalypse World Second Edition set, and I believe First Edition says the same thing um, that you when a, when a player does something, so you are the GM, you are thinking about the triggers, like that is how yeah. these moves work, um, like the particular thing that makes the rules kick in. That's the moves. It's the trigger. It's the thing that leads the arrow or whatever um and so when you hear a player say i do the thing i'm gonna i'm gonna attack somebody aggressively whatever the whatever the the description is that the move says triggers it then you you say then like the rules say hey it sounds like you're going aggro it sounds like you're acting under fire and you're supposed to like talk to the player to confirm that and the rules in apocalypse world say that you're not doing that to give a player a chance to decline the role. You're giving, you're doing that to give the player the right to revise their character's actions. And yeah, I'm not sure that's a distinction that I think is meaningful. Okay. (laughs) Because that sounds like what they're saying. Like, so in a literal sense, you're not asking them to, if to give them a chance to decline the role, you're saying you can choose to not like to revise your action. But if we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons and you say you're going to attack the ogre and I say, it sounds like you're trying to attack the ogre, you don't get to go, yeah, but I don't want to roll for it. So I think that that the difference is that it's about interpretation. Like Mm -hmm. if they've said the thing, they've said the thing. But where you're asking is wiggle room. Yeah. So like if you're in D&D and you say, like, I place the tip of my rapier against the nobleman's neck. Is that an attack? Is that not an attack? It's probably not an attack, yeah. but if the, the the GM might say, "Oh, that sounds like an attack." Okay, all right, it sounds like you're attacking. See, okay, I, I okay. And I, no, then I definitely no, 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 see no. that. Yeah, I yeah. don't intend this to be an attack. This is me threatening, or this is me provoking. Uh, okay, that makes sense. I, I can de- I can definitely see that that you're on the same page there. Um, and like the same thing in like masks. Like we just had a scene where a character, a player character, hit another character with something. Yeah. Um, it could be that you asked for the directly engage. And she said, oh, no, hold up. That was, like, me, like, giving, like, a little slap to the face. Yeah. That was not me hitting to bring this guy out of commission. Yeah. Right. This is this actually, that kind of hits this, like, this is a whole other topic um, for maybe another podcast. But I actually okay. th- think that there is, like, weirdly more rules lawyering in PBTA games than there is in something like a D and D or uh, maybe in, in, or like a, just a crunchier system because yeah. the comp like at least in the sense that, that the there's a lot of like in the way that Brendan Conway describes these mo- like moves as programs. Like yeah. there's a lot of like, well, what is literally, what does the, the sentence say? And like, this is the conversation I've had with you about um, uh, uh, sh- uh, like telling someone like using your influence in masks to tell someone about yeah. how they are, how the world works. Like t- everyone plays in a specific way, but according to the actual sentence of the rule, that's wrong. Everyone plays wrong, and I will stand by that until the end. With, of with the, which sentence? Um, now, now I'm like, wait, hold up, we have to solve this. What the move on the basic move sheet says is when someone with influence over you tells you who you are or how the world works, accept what they say or reject their influence. Period. So what happens is. I, as an adult, say, hey, you're a dumb kid. You're not a hero. You're not dangerous at all. You're just some kid. And then you have to, the way I read that sentence is, immediately, you have to tell me 
whether or not you reject that worldview or not. Bad news, James. Should have read the book. The GM tells you what they'll shift up and down before you choose to either accept or reject what the other person says. Uh, okay. Rejected right. influence right. is a whole other Well, matter. then that's my beef with some layout and some description of this move in the basic moves page then. This is, there's a whole topic to be had of trying to write things in a way that people can understand it yeah. by not reading the rules. Yeah. Because fundamentally, most people who run PBTA games don't actually read the rules. <laughs> and if things don't work, that's on them. Yeah. Like, that's, so that is fair. There's, there's so many times that people are like, how do you prep for masks? I don't get it. Yeah. It's impossible. Okay. But it's like, I will yeah, say. There's, there's an entire chapter about that. Read the book. But I will say that that, that, is, that that is, I think there's a difference between the book elaborates on something. And here I would say this move as it's written on the basic moves table says something different. I don't know. But, but I don't we, know. But again, this is an argument we can have on a different ep- podcast because I don't want to get into this right now. <laughs> what podcast do you want to do? Well, no, sorry, a different episode. I, I want to dive into. Th- we're going to get on the five thirty eight politics yes. podcast. Yeah. I wanna, no, I want to. I, I think. I think I would do want to. Rev- I want to come back. Okay. Well. So yes, I want to do. A, I want to do a deeper <laughs> dive into writing moves at some point and write and yeah. then how that compares. But like, like the way, like if, again, like I think what what where it hits me is like. If 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 moves are programs, yeah, then you should be able to take that command out of the context of the description, and it should still make sense. It should still play. What what this move says is the trigger is when someone tells you how the world works or who you are, then you do the thing, and that yeah. and that thing that you do is accept or reject their influence, and then it yeah. tells you what to do if you choose one of those things or the other. Now, the game book in the description is saying that the GM tells you what the mo- what the labels they're shifting are in advance, but that's not what this rule on this page says. So there should be some consistency. I, I agree that like the game book should elaborate more, but it shouldn't like say something fundamentally different. And I feel like that's a fundamental difference. I don't think it says something fundamentally different. I think it clarifies the order in which things happen. Um, I, I do agree that with more space for each of the moves, that's mm-hmm. something that could just be clarified within the but move. But I think that that like, order in which things happen is something that is interestingly important in PBTA games because of the way things snowball. But additionally, there is just the the layout difficulty of yeah. people fundamentally not wanting a thousand pieces of paper in front of them. Like there, I think there's something to be said for a game that has you have a little booklet in front of you that like each of the moves gets its page and has it laid out exactly the way, the exactly the order. But that just isn't practical for most game groups and for what most people are expecting as a product. Yeah. Yeah. And when I do, when I run the, when I run masks on, on my when I'm sitting in front of a computer, I do have uh, I've clipped out just the basic moves section of like yeah. the descriptors of the main book PDF, and I just mm-hmm. leave that open, and I do refer to that a lot. Um, yeah, but yeah, that would and be dope. We do use we do use it the right way. Mm-hmm. We do like yeah. That is something that I don't know how. I mean, maybe it just has pierced the the culture by enough people reading mm-hmm. the book and running it that way. Okay. Um, but it seems like people do use it the way yeah. that the rules describe. So I will, I will, uh, I will eat my hat. I guess I technically I am wrong. Um, I still think that the this this basic moves sheet should be edited differently. But I win. I but Brandon, win. you won this one. Okay, I won this one. So 
let's get on to, <laughs> let's move on past my complete failure. Uh, and I want to... You rolled a six minus. I get to I'm shift gonna, your label. I want to take another stab at something I'll probably be wrong at. Um, oh, God. <laughs> so I have written a move. Uh, and I want you to tell me why it's not a real move or why it is a move. Okay. And here okay. is the move. In this, in this PBTA game that I am hypothetically writing, you're not rolling 2d6. You're rolling a d20. Okay. And here is the move. When you directly engage a threat, roll plus strength. On a hit, you do your weapon's harm. On an 18 plus, you do critical damage. Deal your weapon's harm twice. On a 10 to 17, you just strike your foe and deal harm. On a 10 minus, your foe gets the better of you. You don't deal harm, and you should prepare for a counterattack. Okay. Um, which is, so I... Sorry, just, go ahead. Which is just the rules for attacking someone in D&D, but I wrote in the format of a PBTA move. Yes. Uh, so th- there's a couple of little like formatting errors. Yes. Um, so I would say that it should be on a hit, you do your weapons harm. Uh, on a hit, you hit them. Yeah. Uh, on an 18 plus, you do critical damage. Yeah. I probably didn't need this sentence here. Yeah. You don't need the on a hit, you do your weapons harm. You need the on a hit, you do your weapons harm, or you get rid of the 10 to 17. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, fundamentally i think that this is a move like this is a move where because it has everything you need what you need is a fictional start yeah a mechanical middle and a fictional or mechanical end so ideally the ending is both fictional and mechanical um so like let's go through this example and this this fits it right um so your trigger when you directly engage a threat is narrative. Mm-hmm. That's all it needs to be. It's when you directly engage a threat, right? Uh, and so that works. That is a working trigger. Uh, in the middle, there's the mechanics of making a roll and having, like, and basically knowing what to do, right? You're yeah. rolling plus strength. You're rolling a d20. You're looking for these numbers. Yeah. And then the end results are both physical and mechanical. So you, on a hit, you Actually, you know what? Technically, technically, this needs a little re- uh, reworking. I'm sure it does. It took me like two seconds to write. On a hit, you strike your foe. Mm-hmm. Covers it. Because yeah. then, mechanically, you strike your foe. Um, it's a little boring, mm-hmm. but it works, right? Mechanically, mm-hmm. you strike them. We don't know what striking them means yeah. until we add the mechanical, you okay. do your weapons damage. Gotcha. And so, because it does both of those things, it's absolutely a move. Um, and you could do this with D&D yeah. and make it so that because in D&D and the generally the enemies would be making their attacks whenever they want to and not mm-hmm. on a 10 minus. But there's literally no reason you couldn't say like, hey, this is the armor class of your foe mm-hmm. or this is the armor class of all foes. Yeah. Uh, if you get five above that, then you crit. Mm-hmm. If you get below their armor class, they get to hit you back. Or they get to hit you and you don't hit them. So so here okay, so here's where I want to go with this, because I think this is yeah. this is an important thing that I want to get into. So yeah. on the I, I think that people make this distinction that like the difference between uh D, something like D and something yeah. like masks is that mm-hmm. in D D you just go, Okay, well now my character is going to attack. You say my character is going to attack, mm-hmm. and then you do the t- the attack mechanic. And in yeah. something like masks, supposedly that doesn't fly, you're supposed to be doing it to do it whatever yeah. doing it means 
Um, yeah. Because in both scenarios, you're just describing what a, a fictional character is doing. Yeah, um, exactly. And so, and actually, I think that this is where, like, this is one of the things that got me thinking about this specifically, was that in Apocalypse World, um, it says, it gives an example of a player who says, uh, only the move. And they say, yeah. for instance, uh, that they want to go aggro on someone. And so yeah. that is kind of the equivalent of set of the D and D player characters saying that, that I attack. Yeah, the, yeah, saying that I attack. Um, and that what you're, and so that, and then the game says your answer should be cool, wh- but what do you do? Yeah. And then that, then and then it sort of prompts that the the player would then say, oh well, I'm a, I'm sort of like violently trying to grab the radio by force. Yeah. And so that, and I think there's something to be said for a D and D GM. Yeah. Saying like oh, I attacked the goblin. Right. And the GM saying, okay, what does that look like? Like, exactly. give us something. So the difference, so, so this is where like, I want to get, like, that is exactly the point that I want to get to, which is that people who, who, I would say that like, so there are people who play D&D in a way that's just like, I want to do the attack, you roll the attack move. And there are people who yeah. say, um, and, or like if you watch Critical Role, no one ever, like generally they don't do that. They'll ex- describe in more detail because they are yeah. voice actors and, and improv people and stuff like that. They'll, they'll describe in more detail what that attack looks like. And yeah. what this PBTA rulebook is sort of, or what the Apocalypse World rulebook is sort of saying is there's no, like where, where in D&D that's, a, that's the GM's discretion. In yeah. this, it's saying there, that's not the GM's discretion. You have yeah. to be more descriptive. So Because the trigger is not a mechanical thing, it's a narrative thing. Okay. But in and and I think that in in a in Apocalypse World, that actually like I like going aggro is a little bit more vague. Directly engaging yeah. is like a very specific action. Yeah. And so like I think you could say my superhero is directly engaging this villain and that might be descriptive enough. I mean, that's probably like I, what I'm trying, what I get, so before I we just made a face, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't even believe that as I was <laughs> we saying. We both made it. faces. <laughs> um, but so here's my question really is, is if this move, this boring directly engaged move I have written, which is basically the attack move or the attack rules from D and D. The only difference is I've sort of phrased it in the form of a, a of a, of a, a PBTA move is the, is the difference between that kind of a mechanic and a move that the move enforces description. It might be because I'm, um, I'm not really. I think, I think there's some differences between. Yeah, I'm not super thrilled with that either. Like, I think that this is a way that describes it, and like maybe the, what fundamentally makes a move is that there's a variety of them instead of all the same move. Mm-hmm. Because like fundamentally in D and D, this same move is exactly the same for everything else. Yeah, you know, like you do it, and like this, this move- is essentially. This move is un- is essentially unleash your powers, right? It is the generic move, and it's the move that um, you do whether or not you're using a sword or a spear or a bow or yeah, whatever. Um, so, so like, I think it it also is complicated by the fact that D and D is really granular. Mm-hmm. Like in masks, if a player says to me like, uh. I get up close with him and like, we're kind of like trading a couple blows and like, I'm kind of just like trying to hold him back and like, keep him, keep him busy. They have not directly engaged a threat. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're playing a little bit rope of, of in the games terms, playing a little rope a dope and they're keeping someone busy and they're being a distraction and they're not directly engaging a threat. They're not trying to take him down. Uh, in D and D there isn't that right. Yeah. 
like Other you attack them because that's all there is. You could right? just sort of house rule and say we're going to describe a scene here where we're kind of like pre-fighting and playing footsie. Yeah. But then that, but that, like it's everyone's. Tur- but then like, is that the turn? Because it, because it's initiative, right? And so initiative throws a big wrench into that. But that comes back to my my like my, this this point of like so you could house rule away D D stuff and say let's just sort of describe first whereas yeah pbta is saying there's no need to do that because here's the only thing that actually triggers the move it's the you being descriptive in this specific way i'll point out also that when you directly engage a threat roll plus strength is not technically attacking in D D because there's more the trigger needs to be bigger for that okay um in D&D, it's when you directly engage a threat while it is your turn. Mm, okay, that's fair. Yeah. So, like, that ma- moves it from being a purely narrative trigger to a narrative and mechanical trigger. But you also don't like, get to describe it, what your character is doing when it's not your turn. Yes, you do. You kind of do. Like, you could absolutely say things that are non-mechanically based. Like, you know... Uh, I guess you can yell someone is chat. there's like the yeah like free action to to mm-hmm. say okay. things and things like that and so like if you're playing a really engaged really awesome really narrative game of D and like we see the wizard getting ready to shoot like a bolt of electricity I think it would be a really great thing to do as the fighter say like yeah like and so I'm standing there with the goblin and our our swords are locked and I shout out like you know the orc the orc get the orc and like that's more interesting but it is fundamentally what you're doing at the table anyway. And it doesn't trigger the move. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're so like like kind of where I started taking a lot of these notes and and coming at this was like what what is it that makes Dungeons and Dragons not just a really boring PBTA game? <laughs> like what makes it well because it wasn't inspired by Apocalypse World. <laughs> but like but that's that's that is like the least happy that's the answer i'm least happy with like yeah it's, it's the worst I, answer but like if i could just go through and like but like a move that just says like when you directly engage a threat when it's your turn roll plus strength that would be the mechanical trigger like i would have a trigger and a mechanical yeah. effect and like you could just go through and make everything you do in D, but just phrase it as the form of the most boring pbta game and it would just be the most boring PBTA game. Yeah, and, then, like, and I think, that I think the that best, fundamentally you... I think that the best example of that is that that's not what Dungeon World is. Dungeon yeah. World, the game that is trying to be D&D but, P- but PBTA, doesn't just to do that. It does other stuff, and it does it differently. Yeah, and and even, like, oh boy, I'm, apparently both of us are in a mood that we're looking for some hate mail, because, like, Dungeon World's not a great game, Uh Dungeon World is not, like, the moves in Dungeon World are passable. They work. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to play D&D as though it's PBTA. But I think that that's, that's its goal, though. So if that's its yeah, goal, then it's like, achieving that goal. But you could do it so much better. Like, a <laughs> lot of the moves are really, really weak. It's got Well, that's really... part of our next section, Brandon. Oh, is it? Yeah. Are you about to throw some Dungeon World moves no. my way and I say these no. are bad moves? No, I'm about to just talk about moves in general. And I think and we'll like, get to be clear, different. to be clear, I like Dungeon World. I play Dungeon World. Mm-hmm. I would rather play Dungeon World than D anD D, but like, I would rather rewrite the rules to Dungeon World. Yeah, <laughs> I would rather that. I would rather there be a D anD D second. I mean, I would rather there be a Dungeon World second edition, so I don't have to play Dungeon World first edition. <laughs> but I think, but I think that I think that that thing that you were saying of like 
it's just like there's there's a thing that people talk about too and, and maybe or maybe it's just me that like i rank pbta games in my mind as like some of them yeah. are, like some of them are better than some others are some of them are out. And, yeah. and and a lot of what i talk about when i describe the ones that are good is how evocative they are and that's like a yeah. good descriptive word that means nothing <laughs> And like, what does that like? And and and, and like, where I want to go with this conversation is just like, what what does it mean? Like, what does that mean okay. mechanically? Like, when you talk okay. about a move that is evocative, what does that yeah. mean? Like, because I think that 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 like, I think that what you were saying with um how the different some of the difference is that like there are a bunch of like there are a, a list of basic moves that everyone gets, but there are other more th- things that other people can that are pl- that other playbooks do that are different moves that are unique to their playbook, and and so maybe the thing that's different between basic mechanics in D anD D and moves is that there's more moves, um, and and I think that that's some of it, but some of it is that I think yeah. that they're like most of the moves in most PBTA games are not something as simple or direct as directly engage a threat. Yeah. They are more th- yeah. things like pierce the mask or um, provoke a player or, or go aggro. Like I think actually a thing that, that PB that, that apocalypse world itself does very well is that it's moves are kind of in that not a literal action you could take. They are a state of mind. They are a way of doing things. Because you can describe attacking someone in Apocalypse World that is not going aggro. Even if you are doing moves that are purely, like, doing damage moves, like, you know, like, really, really basic character stuff, you still can make them more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, even Hack and Slash, which I'll say is not an exciting move. Um on a 10 plus, on a 7 to 9, both of you deal damage to each other. On a 10 plus, you can instead choose to do an extra 1d6 damage, but expose yourself to an attack. Like, that's that's still more exciting than just resolving the attack. Yeah, but it is also on the 10 plus. Si- that's, that's the dungeon world basic move, like attack move. Yeah, right? that's the dungeon that's world. Like, yeah. It's still trying to simulate that basic attack, like roll to attack and do damage thing. And so I think yeah. it's, I would almost go so far as to say, Maybe it's intentionally trying to be a little boring because it's trying to hit that feel of attacking in D anD D. Yeah, um, but it still is more interesting than just the attack, right? Yeah. Even on when you get the ten plus, you do get to ask yourself: Do I want to protect myself or do I want to do extra damage? And importantly for Dungeon World, this is the coolest thing in Dungeon World that people don't give it nearly enough credit for, and has never been followed through to the same extent in other games. Is that? The playbook moves build on the basic moves a lot. Yeah. That's so like So like the fighter gets the playbook move, scent of blood, when you hack and slash an enemy, your next attack against the same foe deals extra damage. And then you get taste of blood, which increases the damage even more. And then you get superior oh, the superior warrior. When you hack and slash on a 10, 12 plus, you deal your damage, avoid their attack, and impress dismay or frighten your enemy. So like all of those keep on building up yeah. hack and slash instead of just making it like you do one extra damage. That's like the, uh, the delinquent's criminal mind, which gives you extra yeah. criminally questions to ask during assess the situation, which are the things yeah. that I love. I think that uh, that is a great thing that I would, and uh, you're right. I think that that's not a thing you see as much in PBTA games. And I would love to yeah. see more moves. that did that 
where and that's where like I talk about um, only having four basic moves and having everyone do things differently. <laughs> I hate that. But that's like the core, my core, the thing that I'm looking for there is to make playing as the different playbooks feel different. Because if you have a yeah. game that has, this is, I think, so this gets to my, the core of why I say you should have four basic moves, which is that if you have, t- if you have 20 basic moves, well, then everyone is doing the basic moves and they're not doing their playbook moves because you've just got so many damn basic moves. Yeah, 20 is clearly too many. And so I think that and I think that having fewer basic moves will force people to look at the moves in their playbook and drive them to do those those sorts of things. But also having moves in your playbook that alter your basic moves is a great way of making that move feel different for your character. I mean, at that point, I don't see a reason to not have every playbook have different basic moves and just do away with playbook moves entirely. Or, Which I think is not necessarily a bad thing. I yeah. think you could totally do that. Or the opposite of have a set of basic moves that's robust, and then every playbook move is just something that modifies a basic move in some way that makes it unique True. for you. That's essentially what I'm doing with Radcrawl, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here is the final part. Oh, of, we got off topic, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. So it's, I want to like come back around to this. This is the final part of... Um, this is going to be a little bit of me throwing shade and then a lot of me oh my heaping God. some praise on you and then and then moving forward and talking about something ridiculous. And so the whole premise of this is, okay. are you familiar with the expanding, exploding brain meme? I love the expanding, exploding brain meme. So, Have you seen the one about um, on a six minus? No. Oh, it's so good. It's like, so you explain the meme and I'll say okay, the... So the, so, the ex- the, so the exploding brain meme or expanding brain meme is it's it's four pictures of a skull and the first picture is like a normal skull but with a tiny brain and then the second picture is a normal sized brain and it's kind of like you can see it like uh, lighting up in different places and then the, the third picture is the brain normal sized and it's um, kind of like shooting light rays and stuff out of it a little bit and then the fourth one is the brain is like the size of the skull and it's shooting out lights in every direction and there's like stars and galaxies swirling around it <laughs> and then the, the whole I guess the original one was those four things were whom whom or who whom whomst and whomst <laughs> there's there's specifically a PBTA one about making GM moves yeah and it has uh, from like uh, low brain upward. The player doesn't get what they want and nothing happens. The player doesn't get what they want and something bad happens. The player get what they want and something bad happens. The player has to choose between not getting what they want and getting it, but something bad happens. Or the player gets what they want and that's bad. <laughs> yeah, I have actually seen that. I love uh-huh. that one. That's a, that's like an approximation of what it is, but it's so good. I love that. So here, I want a T-shirt of it. So here are. So I have I have gone through and I have selected three moves that I think represent like the sort of like smallest brain, the normal brain and the sparking brain. And then I want to talk about what is the exploding brain. Okay. And so for so I've so I so like the, this is like very basic. The the simplest version of like the smallest brain PBTA move is the Battle Babes Merciless, which is when you okay. inflict harm, inflict one extra harm. Is it bad that I actually already knew what that move was? <laughs> as soon as you said, as soon as you said "merciless" from the battle, babe, I was like, "Oh, it's, that's the extra like, harm move." It does extra harm. That's cool. It thematically fits the character. It, yeah. Um, it is a move because it has a trigger. You're you're acting merciless. You, but it's not doing anything really like innovative. It's just it's basically a uh, it's a feat from D anD D that lets you do more harm. 
Yeah. And you could do the same thing with like tags on weapons. Yeah. That like plus one armor is your is your blank brain. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not specifically calling out merciless because I think that there was just a lot of like that early functional that early first generation of, of PBTA games had a lot of moves that were like take this move to get a plus one. Yeah. And it's functional. It's fine. It works, you know? Yep. And so then the, my, my example for the normal brain is the in a China shop move for the bull in masks, which is when you, oh, yeah. when you directly engage a threat, you can choose to cause significant collateral damage to your environment to choose an extra option on your directly engage a threat move, even if you miss. Oh, see, I think the even on a miss moves it a little beyond normal brain. That might be. That, that makes it a thing. I love that. Because you get you get to choose some extra flavor, you get to choose which damage. It's it's the like uh, player chooses to do something, have something bad happen to themselves thing from the other yeah. from the other brain, and they're choosing to do collateral damage. And so that yeah. is an that is a much more evocative move. That's like it's doing more than just you get a plus one. I thought that was a pretty good representation of what a like a normal like what I would consider a very like a good PBTA move. That, that's. Yeah, I agree. That's a good PBTA move. In the hands of a good GM, it's exceptionally great yeah. because people choose that and they're like, ah, significant collateral damage. That's fine. I don't care. I'm just going to wreck up the bad guy's lab. And it's like, no, 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 no. You do that at my table, <laughs> you're getting punished. <laughs> significant collateral damage. The enemy is not collateral damage. Yeah, that's just regular damage. That's regular damage. So then, You don't get that. So then here's my like sparking brain. Which is okay. the demand what you deserve move from Pasiones Pasiones <laughs> by some guy, Brendan Leon Gambetta. Um, <laughs> which is when you demand what you deserve from a place of strength, roll plus with the, with the following questions. Are you offering something of value in return? Do they love you in this moment? And on a hit, the target of your demand chooses one, if targeting an NPC the GM chooses. On a 10 plus, remove one of their options and they choose one from the remaining then the options are they concede to you, they can clear a condition, they refuse and escalate, but they mark a condition, or they run away and you take something from them. And so for me, this was a like a, a sparking brain move because it's 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 not like a directly attack. It's a you're demanding what you deserve. Um, it's getting past, you're not rolling plus a statistic, you're rolling plus questions, which is your like cool thing that you're doing to iterate on the whole move and, and label structure. Um, you are like the target is choosing stuff. You're choosing stuff because um, you can remove options and then they have to choose something. And, and I think that was very cool. Uh, and it's, it's just like a step above the sort of basic, like directly engage a threat. Thank you very much. I, I should give full credit that like, this is like hardcore stolen from cartel. <laughs> well, that's fine. Then uh, we'll give credit to, which uh, has, um, yeah, th- which is Cartel by Mark Diaz Truman. Uh, get the truth. When you try to get the truth out of someone, roll with hustle on a hit, clear one stress on a 10. Oh, this is a little different. Oh, unless things <laughs> changed. I might be looking at the wrong version okay. of Cartel. I've got like five different versions But I also think an important part of this is your whole rolling plus questions thing. That okay. is also a part of what makes this the sparking, like expanding brain. Even though the questions are essentially just a stat? Yeah. Don't tell anyone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so then here's my question. What like I know this yeah. is like a this is a cheap question that we might not know the answer to, but like if like the like basic moves of like go aggro and like that's how you do a thing, and then like some moves are like you get it just a plus one is like kind of like a first 
generation style PPTA move. And then we have like masks and a lot of its basic moves kind of fit into a, like a second wave. And I think that you have sort of ridden on part of this third wave, which is sort of like playing more around with like, like you and um, blades in the dark kind of start taking PBTA in different directions. And you were, because I looked at the PB, I looked at blades in the dark to see if they had moves and they kind of call them something else. Um, yeah. And it's, it's doing a whole different role mechanic. So I didn't really bring that into the conversation here, but like, yeah, like you're, 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 there's no stats anymore. You're talking about rolling with questions, which is like getting your brain to think about different, different things. Um, what is the next level of iterating on a move? Like, what is what are moves mm. in like like it, like we know what weapons World War One and World War Two were fought with. We don't know what weapons World War Three will be fought with. But what will weapons or what moves will World War Four be for, fought with? Kind of a thing, like direct d- direct um <laughs> direct resolution systems. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. <laughs> Just roll a d20 if it's 15 plus, roll like, under your stat. So what I think what, I think the question I'm getting at here is like, like, what is the like, like we like most of the moves that I see now are like, um, you roll and then you get to ask some questions, depending on how, yeah. how much you rolled or like you roll. And then if you succeeded, you do the thing or like you roll yeah. and then you get to choose from some options. So like, what is yeah. another iteration of that move? Because, like, that's what the, the plus one is, like, it's just a roll and you do the thing and you get to get a plus. The China shop yeah. is, like, you get a roll and then you choose and you can choose to get an extra option, basically. And then in, in your move, it's, like, you roll plus some questions and then someone else chooses options, but you can choose to remove some of those options if you're doing, if you roll really well. So, like, what's, what's like, the next iteration, do you think? Where do you think moves are going in the future? Like, where is that technology leading us? Interesting. But I definitely don't have an so, answer to this. Yeah, I don't know that I have an answer either. I do have like a super cool thing that is rad crawl that's that's in rad crawl that is stolen from cartel. Okay. Um and is actually a little bit like your um your different basic moves for the same I mean different basic moves for different playbooks, yeah. right? Um so I'm gonna use the cartel example um with a little bit of a uh, trigger warning that this does involve um, drug use. Okay. Uh, so the move is lose yourself in a substance. Uh, and it's a way to clear stress. So when you lose yourself in a substance, roll with grit. On a hit, clear your stress track. On a 7 to 9, the drugs take a toll. Make a m- drug move off the list. On a miss, you're in deep. Buena suerte, cabrón. Um, so then there is a list of drug moves. And the drug moves look like GM moves. Um, so like for for one of like so one of the moves, uh so like for for alcohol, it has make a scene about how you've been wronged, let slip something to the wrong person, or wreck something meaningful carelessly. So like if you roll that seven to nine, you have to choose an option based on what the substance was. Mm. Uh and so, like, having that gives, like, some modular space to it. But additionally, the mechanics aren't what's being changed by it. Mm-hmm. This isn't, like, Shadowrun going, I take Beta Neo Maxicore, <laughs> and so I get plus one health mm-hmm. and minus two charm. Um, I, I listen to, to a lot of Neo Scum. You'd think that I would have, like, <laughs> they use drugs in that constantly. I can't remember any of the ones I actually refer to. Um, but by doing, by taking out the mechanics at all, 
it kind of removes the need for like some fiddliness. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is mechanics in it. You're clearing your stress track and stuff like that. But what's more interesting in this move is that you're choosing this really big narrative option. Yeah. And like, it's not as small as a lot of other narrative options. I think that's maybe where there's a lot of exciting stuff. Like, directly engage a threat, you take something from them. That's finite, that's quick, it happens quickly. Like, make a scene about how you've been wronged, that's a big narrative effect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that pushes the narrative in a way bigger way than take something from them does yeah because because like yeah so you'll have like that moment where if, if you're trying to if you're trying to take like the the villain's super weapon yeah like maybe they'll come at you again because you've got their super weapon but that's yeah. like still a continuation of that same trading blows really as yeah. opposed to something that like drives the next scene or like cre- sets another location like a move that creates a location would be like cool well like uh, steal funds in preparation for your next fix. Mm-hmm. That makes a new scene. Yeah. Uh, push a place you keep towards squalor. That like literally sets a new scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like having those like those are those those to me are the exploding brain. Yeah. Right. Where the GM where the the player isn't saying um, I do this minimalist effect right mm-hmm. or I do this effect and the GM tells me how it goes and instead. The GM says, you need to pick one of these effects, and the player has to go and do it. Yeah. And if they don't do it, it's nice and clear that they didn't do it, right? Like, no one is going, like, accuse a loved one of theft or betrayal is super good, because the player can't pretend they that they did it, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, having that, having that in place means that the play keeps on, like, just jamming onward. Snowballing? Snowballing, if you will. So I think it's- But, like, snowballing in, like, bigger senses. Like, yeah. if you choose that your home becomes a place of squalor, like, that's gonna affect every scene you have going forward, maybe for the rest of the game. Yeah, which is... Like, that's enormous. It's a, it's the moves that create a lasting effect on the story. Like, if you are in... Ma- like, yeah. I mean, Masks is a bad example because, to talk about combat because Masks is a... Well, but let's, let's talk about, like, um, Apocalypse World. When you take harm in Apocalypse World, eventually you can clear that harm, and then it has yeah. effectively no long-term effects. And I think that, like, looking at... Actually, looking at Masks with the moments of truth has some of that same lasting effect on it, mm-hmm. right? That what changes is permanent. Uh, yeah. If you t- have a moment of truth, it should always be different. The situation is wholly changed. Um, I tried to do a similar sort of thing. It's like, I feel like moment of truth is building on darkest self, just kind of in the opposite direction. Um, and I kind of tried to do something in the same ballpark with meltdowns in Pasión de las Pasiones. Mm-hmm. That basically it says, like, what is the way that you make a really bad decision to deal with your stress? And, like, that that kind of, that, that should fundamentally change things. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't fundamentally change things with your action, then you haven't followed the rules, right? Yeah. So I think that, um, kind of to summarize that a little bit, and to, like, sort of an, an addendum to a thing I said earlier... Here's my my galaxy brain. Um, and so it jumps back to the action reaction episode where we talked about uh, like narrative frameworks 
and things that drive okay. the action forward. Like I think that the thing that is that makes moves that makes a move different from a an attack in D and D is that the again the attack has no there's no there's nothing that comes out like there's there's damage that comes out of it. But once you've resolved that mechanic, it's a nice like tidy little bow um, yeah. where you like you finish the mechanic and it ends. And most good PBTA moves have some sort of a narrative thing that pushes you towards something else which is where the whole big snowball effect is and and so i kind of i think what you're saying is that the the exploding galaxy brain of the next wave of moves is things that are like like in masks the snowball is like what does you do something to the villain what does the villain do next and then and then what and then they do something and then that triggers the next thing you do and it like rolls you through this combat but maybe the next thing is like moves that set up not just the next moment but the next scene and and that affect and change yeah. your character. Yeah. And I think like I think there's a lot of potential exploding brains, right? Like I think that that anytime we're able to pull back from just the moment that is happening mm-hmm. and see something bigger, like there's so much potential for that. I'd love to see some moves that you start it you mark something and then you continue to mark stuff yeah. like like moves that do foreshadowing how phenomenal would that be a move that gives you, you a clock yeah right like and there's there's some stuff that's kind of like that in little places mm-hmm. but like that's what i want my riverdale game to be yeah. right is you are doing actions that make an outcome more likely down the road as you like slowly fill in a clock yeah. for it. Or like we had an, we had an interaction in the last session of masks that we ran where you did you were playing and you made a an assess assess the situation move. And so you asked a question and you learned something and as a result of that learning I asked you to take a powerful blow because yeah. learning that thing was a was a was a, a power like a powerful revelation and we have all of these moves that let you ask questions and none of them say what is the repercussion of suddenly learning that thing that you just asked and got the answer to you know what's another thing that i love in a move uh, like the, the moves that invite the gm to set you up um i'm thinking about uh the innocence move what does this do where you ask somebody what you're supposed to do in a specific yeah. situation. And like that move was 100% written with the intention that you're doing it to your player character friends that are going to be nice. Uh, but I used it against a villain and it was perfect because <laughs> so the GM good. had to tell me, you had to tell me what I should do. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, this move benefits me if I do it. And it was a great. And so I got to like play in that space. It was and great. It was, so, it was so good because in that moment I was like, I need him to do this thing specifically and not yeah. do this other thing. And it made sense for your character who was out of place and out of time to be like, how do I, what should I do here? I don't know how this works. And then for my, 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 my villain to say, we'll do it this way, the way that I want. Yeah, and, and I'm lying to you, so but I, you I don't think- know. I almost feel like the exploding brain is moves where the player and the GM are making a deal together, you know, that like the player and the GM, like look at each other, look at each other in the eye and say, here's what I want. And the GM says, cool, here's what I want. How do we get there? Yeah. And like, just does the thing, right? Huh? Yeah. Like almost like the bidding systems in Undying, but, but bigger but I, and or, I think that it, I think that, that again that comes hmm. back to that that six minus uh exploding brain thing which is just like 
a, an exploding brain move should be a a pact between the GM and the player of how we were how are we going to ruin this character's life in the future? Yeah, let's both agree on what we want. Almost like um like flags for Dungeon World, which are like an expansion on Dungeon World that if people do specific things to you, you mm-hmm. get to mark experience later on. But like things that are just directly negative effects that like benefit you, right? Like if you were if I'm. I'm passively working on four games because I don't know what to do after Passion. Um, but if I do like the Slenderman game, having like a move that is uh, when you go in alone, X thing happens. Oh, this is the condition moves from Masks. When you do this bad thing, yeah. you get a nice thing. Uh. Um, but just having it like specific for players, like for the delinquent, if it had like, hey, when you mouth off to a to a hero you get this specific effect mm-hmm. and like the gm gets to make one of these oh when you mouth off to an important hero the gm gets to make one of the following moves <laughs> right? those are not gm moves they're playbook moves on your they're playbook sheet. moves and the gm can't yeah. make them unless you mouth off to a hero exactly yeah. oh my god that is a good gold. move that's there's gold. the explaining oh, damn. Move. okay no one, it, my brain just exploded. I'm literally holding on to the sides of my head, so I think we've hit it. Brandon's, Brandon's brain just exploded, so I think it's time to end the episode. Because <laughs> I can't do anything else. Can, yeah. His, his brain's exploded. He, has to, he is literally, like, I can see him in the video, he's touching his oh head, my God. he has to hold his skull, because I'm the brain so excited. So, I'm so excited. Here's what I want you to do. Um, yeah. I wanna f- not you. <laughs> the list, the oh. listeners. Well, you too. Um... <laughs> So reach out to us. Give us your exp- your expanding brain. Mo- like, what is your exploding brain move? What is the cool move that you've written in your game that you think is like the next like hottest thing? Like, what is like? How are you iterating on what a move is? Um, it's time for the fourth gen of PBTA it games, is. right? Yeah. Like, I feel like we're we're there. Yeah, we have a nice solid third gen. It's time for fourth. The other thing I want to do because this is a thing that I should have mentioned earlier, but like I, I we after the last episode we heard a lot of people saying that they really were enjoying Notion. Uh, this this sort of like oh, tool yeah, that I've been using. So like the other thing I want you to do is like if you have set up your game design in Notion, send me a screenshot of that. Like I want to see what it looks like. How are you setting it up? How are you organizing your stuff? How are you driving your game design with this cool product uh, that I am not being paid for? But I just want to mostly I just want to <laughs> learn how you're doing it so I can try it and to do make make my thing better. Um, but so anyway, reach out to us, send us moves, send us screenshots of whatever you're doing to organize your games, um, or send us screenshots of your, as you've gone through, uh, Jason Pitt's, uh, cool workshop thing and, and, yeah. and fill that out and then send us screenshots. Um, and one of the places that you can do that is on Twitter. That's where you can have conversations with us. It's pretty great. Um, and we are together at stop hack and roll, or I am individually at end the meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. You can find all of our episodes, links to some of the games we've been working on, and a little bit more at www.stophackandroll.com. You can email either of us at James or Brandon at stophackandroll.com. If you like the show, consider telling some other people about it or rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find it. Yeah. Don't forget to go out and subscribe to Game Closet. I'm sure that uh, you already have because you're listening to this podcast and you have good taste in podcasts. Uh, But go do that. And Taylor's YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, It's also really, really rad. Yeah. Uh, We make this podcast with the support of our wonderful Patreon backers. We'd like to welcome our new backers, Christian Guanzon and Maddie Young, as well as thank some of our old favorites, like Richard Kreutz Landry, Evan Nyquist, Troy Pitchelman, the the It You Trash Crew, Chris Newton, Polyamorous Q, ShuffleQuest, and Amur Elazizi. 
Uh, if you'd like to help support our show financially uh, and this show and all of our other shows, uh, check out our check us out on Patreon and get your your name added to that list um, at patreon.com slash stop hack and roll. If you can't support us financially, we get it. So come and support our community by being a part of it. Join our Discord at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stophackandroll.com. So as you are designing the next big move, roll plus game design. On a hit, you get a good functional move. On a 7 to 9, you piss someone off because you stole theirs. And on a 6 minus, you forget to stop, hack, and roll. Roll.